I got to spend two more dollars in order to get it for free delivery. So, right. Like, how can you afford not to buy it? Mm-hmm. Hello, and welcome to the Get Snatty podcast. My guest today is the lovely and talented um, Frank Benazzi, podcaster, writer, filmmaker, funny man, extraordinaire of the bloody, disgusting gang. And uh, on a few really cool podcasts like Zoning Out and Draft Class, Frank, how are you this fine day? I'm doing good. I'm trying to think of the last time I spoke to you. Had I gone to Philly for the convention yet? I think you were just about to leave for it. That's right. Yeah. Yeah. I went to Philly to uh, what used to be Wizard World. Now they've rebranded as Fan Expo, but they're the same company and they still suck. So it was fun. I met Sam Raimi, the director of the Evil Dead movies. That was fun. Uh, I met, uh, if you remember the show Smallville, Kristen Crook. Crook. Lana Lang. I remember. Lana Lang. Yeah. I met her. My wife wanted to go because what's his name was there? The guy who was in Stranger Things. Uh, the one that everybody likes. Who Eddie Munson, the guy who's like the rock guy. Everybody the, likes. The hot Australian guy. Yeah. And everybody liked that guy. Yeah. So she had yeah, to go meet. She, she wants. She's you know like, why she liked him, Frank, right? What? It'd be like, you oh, no, no, no. She wants. She would. She would. She would just totally leave me. She'd drop it. She would She would go balls deep in her mouth in like front a, of me if he gave yeah. her a chance. And she made that perfectly clear. That's the case. It's just like she would just drop trow in a second. It's not even the competition. It'd be man. like if, if you went to go see, like, I can't even think of a hot girl. Who's a hot girl? Uh, Fucking Morgan Allison Fairchild. Brie 10 years ago. Allison Brie 10 years. I mean, Allison Brie now. Allison Brie Allison is Brie's great. Allison Brie's fantastic. Yeah, but I mean, no, but specifically when she was on Community, it, it was like I could not watch the show because it was about, distracting. It was like it was painful to watch her. It hurts to look at her sometimes. Yes. What about there was a Will Ferrell movie called Get Hard with um, with Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart, yeah. Where she plays his, his like rich conniving wife and she wears like little tennis outfits the whole movie. And yeah, she's a oh problem. Oh, my God. She's a definitely real- problem. Yeah, so I went to Wizard. So I went to the convention. But the real reason I wanted to go was because it's this place is right across the street, the convention center from Reading Terminal Market. Have okay. you ever been? No, I'm not a big Philly guy. Oh, well, me neither. But it's just like, but if you go there, okay, I'm gonna give you a spot. It's like, okay, you, you know, you go to this is a place where there's an all timer food item. Okay, like th- there's places. I'm listening. So there's the Reading Terminal Market. It's essentially like a bunch. It's like a big, big, it's just a tons of food like places, like little food kiosks and booths and stuff have a million different things. They have everything, like Thai, bakeries. They have fucking cheeses. Europe, European style food hall. Type yes, deal. it's a food okay. hall. Yeah, there's a place called the Knicks and they make. Here's the thing. I don't want, I'm not a big roast pork guy. They do a roast pork. This is straight from a guinea. So you, you all people better listen. Okay. Roast pork, broccoli rob, provolone hero. I'm there. I'm there. Dude, it is. You don't even need, I, I bet there's not even any condiments. You don't need it between the broccoli no, rob no, and the provolone. No, 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 it's nothing. It's, it's, it's. The garlic and the broccoli rob. Dude, yeah. it is unbelievable. It's, and it's like one of those things I haven't had in a while. And it's just like, you forget when you try, it's like, maybe I blew this up in my head. Cause like I'd heard about it. It's like, oh, you got to stop at the spot. And it's like, okay, I'll try it. And it was just like, I'm not a roast pork guy, but it's like, you have to try this. My only thought is, why wouldn't I just have that with sausage? But I'll, I'll, I'll try it if I'm down there for sure. It's so good. It is just so good. I mean, and and they do. They're known for having a better than average cheesecake. Like the cheesesteaks like are pretty well known too, but that's not why you go there. I was listening to your draft class podcast about Michael Keaton. 
I only oh, heard yeah. the first part. But you guys went on at length about multiplicity, and I, I would love to talk about that film for a minute. Uh, I hadn't thought about that film in, you know, 20 years since it came out, mm-hmm. or 17, it was like 1996, I want to say. Oh, wait, it's almost so, 30 years. Yeah, dude. <laughs> that fucking hurt when you said that. Yeah. <laughs> Ooh, that I was like, like, yeah, 20 19- years, that sounds about 30. 1996, Ooh. no, that's 17 years. Oh, no, it's like 27. <laughs> um, now, I'm not surprised that it was, it, was, it was a bomb. I knew that it was a bomb. So I didn't remember I was, that. I was, I, well... I could like see it being a bomb, but I, I was shocked to find that it was critically panned because that's a really funny movie. Bizarre. That, that that was a shock to me too. When he told me that, it's like, okay, bomb. I'm like, okay, I don't remember that, but sure, I could see it. But when you said like, it's got like 50 on yeah, Rotten yeah, Tomatoes. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah the Rotten Tomatoes score. And like it reeks of a, at worst, like a high 60s, an ambitious failure type thing. I wouldn't go that. I mean, that's weird to me. Like, I never, I said, yeah, at least the critics. And like when Harold Ramis died, I remember people talking about that as one of his stronger, like, latter films. Like, I remember that, like, when people talking that. So it's like, I was surprised that, I guess, the original critic concession was like, eh. Big budget, special effects driven uh, comedy. Sure, that's going to bomb sometimes. That, that happens. Yeah. Um, but I, I find it shocking that, like, or not, not shocking. Oh, like, remember Giggly, Jiggly? Geely. Geely. Oh. Or yeah, that's not, right. When they say this is the worst movie ever, it's really not. It's it's just like now's our chance to fucking pile in on this thing with 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 because like Battlefield Earth is not a good movie, but I could name 10 worse big budget sci-fi movies. It's not like, even that interesting bad. It's just not good. It's just uh, not good. Right. It's not like it's not an affront to God or man. But it, it was it was an excuse for like writers just to like dunk on Scientology for the first time ever. Right. Yeah. That, that's and, when people pile on. Like uh, like my very controversial pick. It's like Spider Man Three is not bad at all. I like it. It's my favorite of the three. Thank you. Okay. I was gonna say that. I was gonna stop short because a lot of people get mad when I say that. I think, I think you, me, and our friend Chris are the only person who agree. People who agree on that. I think it's got some, but the thing is, it's like, yeah, it's got weaknesses, but they're the same weaknesses that critics seem to ignore from the first two. They're the same and, problems and that the first no, two have. And I like the scene of him in the black suit walking down the street dancing. It's so funny. And the girl's like, it's supposed him, like, to be funny. Like, it's I know. like everybody's like making fun of it. Like, how stupid that is. Like, it's hilarious. It's like, yeah. It's like a, what a what an uncool guy thinks a cool guy is. Like. Right. It, dude, exactly. And like that. And here's the thing. And sorry objectively the dance sequence where he dances in front of mary jane is really well put together it's not a bad scene it's like you can tell me that's a badly done scene that's like beautiful like direction and editing wise that's a really well done scene i don't know how multiplicity became spider-man 3 but i'm in it also one of the greatest action scenes in a superhero movie the the spider-man versus the when he's in the suit with the ring versus the new goblin Oh, like, fantastic! Watching after the the engagement ring in the most like in like his plain clothes, the most Spider Man scene ever. And I like, have a weird. I just want. I just want to get to. I just want to get to yeah. my date. Oh, oh no, like, the ring is just out of ra- grasp. Like that, that great shot. Yeah. And hilarious! The best of all three Bruce Campbell com- uh, cameos with the. Okay, fix your tie, the jacket. Can I help you? That is a fucking really well done scene. It's just like, what are you talking about? Like this is Sam Raimi. They, I, they said they overstuffed it with villains. It's like, oh yeah, and the villains have a better origin story than their suit made them crazy. 
Like, that's the thing. I mean, like, they weren't successful ultimately always, but at least they tried. Like, uh, Sandman, they tried Sandman to was, give him... was a good villain with pathos. Yeah, um, pathos. And, like, what, like, th- okay, you're going to tell me Norman Osborn's story was? Like, yeah, his experiment made him go crazy. And Doc Ock, my experiment made me go crazy. And these guys are like, I'm a father. I'm trying to do something. And what was the other villain's thing? Uh, Eddie Brock. Oh, Eddie Brock. I mean, Bad. like, yeah, goofy, but it, 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 they're trying. And, Bad uh, casting, but yeah. Yeah, and uh, but they're trying. And Kirsten Dunst, it's her best performance as Mary Jane. Go watch. Go watch all three, and you tell me where her best acting is in all three films. I don't think I could sit through the first two. No. And the one everyone likes the most, Spider-Man 2, is the one I could least sit through, because it's so fucking long. It's so and long. The- it's it's all over the place, and it's a and, and again, not a very interesting villain. I know that everybody loves it, but it's just like the villain's kind of stupid. Uh, yeah. And uh, oh my god, there's so many things that drive me nuts in Spider-Man Two. That is like, if you want to get nerdy about it, is that I can't stand inconsistent powers from scene to scene in a movie. And that movie has some of the most egregious inconsistent powers from scene, like within one scene. He goes from like I'm punching Doc Ock. Okay, so in the end, this scene's going to end where he's going to use the strength of his arms to stop a train, which is a little too strong for Spider-Man, in my opinion. Okay. (laughs) From having trouble fighting, like, incapacitating a doughy middle-aged man. (laughs) It's like, that's what's happening. It's like, he doesn't have, like, he doesn't have superpowers in his skull. If you were to hit him, he's going to go unconscious. (laughs) That's what's going to happen. It's just that you don't hit him because he's so fast. Um, but he hits him in the face multiple times. It's like after it's like, okay, the world, like this guy is very dangerous. I'm gonna hit him so hard not to kill him. I've been doing this for a while. I know how to use my body, but to put him in a fight, just put him out. But and then in next in the end of the scene, where Joey Diaz has a cameo, which is always weird to me. Really? Joey Diaz is one of the New Yorkers, like, hey, he's just old, he's old enough to be my kid. Like a 40-year-old Joey Diaz. Yeah. Uh, the, I, uh, and it's, it's, and, all, and it's yeah. But everything you were just saying about the powers is kind of lampshaded by the text of the movie, which is like he doesn't think Mary Jane has feelings for him, therefore he loses his powers or something. something. So they kind of that was like a half-assed um, explanation. Yeah, I never understood. Like the, it's like uh, well, it's like our friend Clark would always says, "Mary Jane don't love me. I lost my powers. She loves me. I'm Spider Man." It's just like it's just <laughs> yeah, like that. that dumb. That's the movie. Speaking of superhero movies, a terrible bomb, a terrible, terrible bomb. Terrible bomb. But it was a very good movie. I haven't watched the, it yet all the way. I haven't yet. It's very good. A lot more to say than than superhero movie. We're talking about the Flash. Yeah. Um, like it's about like making peace with one's own past, making peace with your younger self, accepting things you can't. Like it has a lot going on thematically, and it was like delightful. Um, I could see why. I guess they believed in the movie enough to like deal with Ezra Miller, you know, kidnapping yeah. people. <laughs> Just basically assaulting all of Hawaii. <laughs> yes. And New York. Um, oh yeah, he went out, yeah, he did a little damage in New York too. Like upstate New York. It was it's yeah. a bit of a, a sordid thing. Loves his guns. Yeah. So good for him. This new Gen Y's uh Russell Crowe. Yeah, like, yeah, that was yeah. all Russell Crowe was like kind of like he was just fought in coast to what's it uh fighting around the world where they did it on South Park where they would make fun of him just just getting into fights everywhere, throwing telephones at people. Yeah, he's like he's like he's not your daddy's Russell Crowe, but he's 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 Russell Crowe, but he's right. non-binary, non-binary Russell Crowe. Right. It's like they focus group this generation's yeah. Russell Crowe. It's like we can't do with that. He's all that 
the toxic masculinity coming off Russell Crowe. We need to like put this in a friendlier, more. That reminds oh, me. I keep on my, on my YouTube. I, I keep seeing a clip of Russell Crowe being Craven? asked. To, oh. Russell, no, no, him being asked about the South Park stuff when they made fun of them, and he was actually a really good sport about it. Yeah, he's like, he's like, first of all, it was funny. Second of all, I look back at that time in my life and like they were kind of right, which is a little embarrassing. But you know, what are you gonna do? It's cool to be on South Park. I'm like, wow, it's like the perfect answer, Russell Crowe. He's Australian, they have a sense of humor about themselves. I mean, but, uh, does he you ever heard him sing? Oh no, oh that's right. He had a band at one point. So bad. Is it like Return uh, of Bruno bad? Who's Return of Bruno? Kevin Bacon? No, uh, Bruce Willis. Oh, he wishes he was Bruce Willis. Seagrams, golden wine coolers. He can carry a tune, Bruce Willis. I mean, it was super cringe, but no, like Russell Crowe's like not someone who can like actually sing notes. And it's like, I guess he was like, he he was a working actor and like played guitar and he's like, you guys want to be in me band? And they're like, okay. You're going to explode, Mike. It's like, there's a, one of my favorite documentaries of all time is, uh, it's called, oh, fuck, Jesus Christ, my brain. The Sorrow and the Pity? No. <laughs> oh, Christ. It's, uh, oh, uh, Overnight. Have you ever seen the documentary Overnight? No. Is it about success? Yeah. No, it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's specifically about the making of that movie that everybody likes and people thinks I, everybody thinks I should like, but I hate, uh, Boondock Saints. Never saw it, but I'm, I am aware of the, the people involved and the, the, uh, the doc. But go on. It's fantastic. Well, they just show, I mean, in fairness, it is kind of a hit piece by people. He kind of screwed over financially, but he still said and did those things. It's like, well, it's like, yeah, they get it to make me look bad. It's like, it looks like it wasn't hard to is the problem. Right. That's, <laughs> it's, that's the like, thing, like... it's not like the, yeah, sure. That, that cut up to that, but you're still, there's uninterrupted moments of you speaking and you sound like an asshole. And, and you did what you did. You did what you did and you blew it. Right. Like he, he basically gets offered like this unprecedented amount of money, like 15 million or something like that to make uh, boondock saints. He was a guy who was, and it was like that time of like, how Quentin Tarantino and the he was a video store clerk and he became a movie and it's like biggest movie director. He was killing he Zoe, a, get right. it, uh, all those movies. Uh, Lucky number seven, the the, the mid nineties. Kevin three Smith, day, yeah, three days in the valley. The 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 yes, the, the post, Tarantino clone. The post Tarantino yeah. boom of like uh, crime people crime movies where people talk too much. Yes, like things. <laughs> And Things so to do the, in Denver when you're dead, which is actually good. But I still. remember that. That's fun. That's a fun one. Uh, well, Dan- and and like the, one of the things that came out of that boom is Gross Point Blank, which I think is a masterpiece out of that. that Very time. good movie. And so, but I, you know what? There was some good, if, if you're going to count, they, sure, it was like that movie probably wasn't trying to copy Tarantino, but it wouldn't have gotten made if Tarantino hadn't gotten what, big. What, Boondog Saints? Oh, no, I'm talking about uh, Gross Point Blank. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but, but Boondock Saints, it's like, I'm not a big fan of it. People love it. I understand, whatever. But he he gets this deal by Harvey Weinstein. Uh, un- funnily enough, like, time has vindicated him in this regard. He's like, he's like, Harvey Weinstein's a prick. And it's just like, and it's like, he looks like the asshole. Because he's just basically just so entitled. Like, he just doesn't, ha- he doesn't, he's just young and immature. When you look at, when I look at it now as an adult, I'm like, yeah, that's just immaturity, man. Like. I don't well, think he could, was mature enough to handle that kind of thing. As men in our forties, like, could you imagine if there was like tons of video on you when you were like, even like 24? 
Thank God I'm like, I'm too old. It's like, you know, like if I was born now, if I was like born, like, let's say like the, the aughts, I, yeah. I would be in trouble. Because <laughs> like I was, I, if the camera was like, I lived in this where there's cameras everywhere generation. It's like, I would have been exposed for the piece of shit that I am way early. I know. It's like, I don't even like, I, I just, I don't know how kids deal with it. It's like, one thing I'm really thankful for is that now that I've had like a, even a sliver of like showbiz or whatever success, I'm so glad it happened now rather than when I was like a drunk or whatever. Right. You know what I mean? Like I would much rather like, like I think back, like if I had like made it big like as a singer or whatever when I was like 25, you know, I'd be dead. Uh, I, oh. I would 100% be dead. Oh yeah. If like I had that- unlimited unlimited money for all the cocaine i wanted i'd be dead dude my emotional maturity level because i was a little delayed in that respect i'll be honest i could say that now yeah and that's just, to say nothing of, of the like uh, emotions dealing. like i'm dealing with like i'm going through a public breakup like yeah. where imagine imagine being in a scene where the whole world knows you're heartbroken <laughs> and what <laughs> you that's what that's like after two months it ain't fun <laughs> it, it ain't fun now, the, now add being in your twenties to that toxic mix. And, and, right now, I'm it. saying add add and being a drunk and just not <laughs> being able to like like cope. Like I, I don't know like how I would have dealt with anything like that. And it's yeah. just like, um, I'm gonna cut that part out. That was a little too revealing. But I liked um, it. I liked it. I, I I stick to your guns. I like that a lot. That's yeah, you I mean, should be doing, Howard. Oh yes, it's like that scene in private. This could be like that scene in private parts. I like that part where you're just being yourself. Now their failure is complete. Like they really Disney. Honestly, Disney should sell like Lucasfilm at this point. Well, now they're still making money, but it's just like, are they still watched, making money? Are that's they still the making thing. Money? This might be a liability now. Like they, they're, they're not honestly, making. Well, they're not getting four billion back. I mean, they're selling it at a loss. Oh no, they not they they they've basically devalued it. Like, yeah, they can't, yeah, they can't sell it for what they bought it for. But, but even like forget about just Lucasfilm, like I'm starting to wonder like how Warner Brothers and Disney and Time Warner even survive. Wow. They, they have no money. And and there's you can't like conjure up instant free helicopter money anymore. I just had this like a really interesting conversation. Like it's about to collapse. So there's going to be some kind of collapse and restructuring going on. Hopefully, like what my theory is, you know, who that's great for Frank, smaller filmmakers, like smaller films and people. Yes. Yes. People like that for sure. hundred percent. No, it has to, because they, they can't, you can't keep bankrolling these things that cost so much money where you're basically betting the house on it. You're betting the house every time at that. When it's been proven, there was a year, I think uh, two years ago, uh, or, and Universal just did not take, they didn't, Universal had its prof, most profitable like, year in decades. And that's because that, that was the year they had no tent poles. They had no tent pole movies. It was just all mid-budget, 50 to $80 million films, and they had their most profitable year. A couple of them did well. Just that's it. Well, the thing is, if one of them didn't, like if you... But if you bet, it's like, let's say you spent 20 million on a movie. It doesn't cover. That's just 20 million. You spend 300 million. It don't cover. That's Black a Adam. fucking problem. That's a problem. And they they basically set themselves up where they keep creating for this problem over and over and over again to diminishing returns. And they don't seem to have an escape route. They don't. The next trend that they need to like latch on to hasn't like fit sur- fur- surface because they've basically been cannibalizing themselves for so long. It's like, well, there's no trends because you, you've swallowed up. Like you've, 
just saw what worked at the time and you just keep trying to do it over and over again. So you're just- uh, And you're forced into, into, uh, into short-term thinking. Yes. Before, you, can, yes. You, you can bitch all you want about like shareholders, but like you're forced into short-term thinking so you can like pay debt services every month. Right. You, need to, you need to be generating money. It's not like they're like, people want to make it like as an indictment of capitalism and like shareholders, but like that's all well and fine, but this is more of an indictment of like, having a, a business model that's bad yeah it's a bad that's business model because it, it's like it has yeah it's like a, it's like well it worked for decades like close to 100 years but the problem is is that there's just been in the last like 20 years there's just been bad just big mistakes being made and they and because well, just, there's new kinds of competition and they're right. panicking they don't know what to do and they they're losing the they don't know how to they're not the ones that are creating culture anymore. They're trying to comment on it. By the time they comment on it, it's two years later because society's moving too fast. They're too slow to react to these right. things. So it's like to these cultural moments. And that's all they seem to be focused on is trying to comment on things that are happening. And it's like, listen, how about this? Like, and now you have a film now that has a very short like lifespan because it's like, oh, we were talking about the thing that happened last month. Like that was like uh, the hot, you're doing hot button topics. Well, and it's just I like- mean- Maybe that's their way out. If you if you do like you get like a you get a, a quick screenplay, a good looking cast, and you make a movie about something topical that costs you fifteen million, you release it three months later. Um, yeah. It, or or just or, this. How about this? Just just stop trying to t- like just make entertaining movies again. Like you're just not entertaining anymore. Like you've you've forgotten how to entertain. Well, and they made the Flash just now, and it was amazing. Okay. Frankly. But it made no money. Well, there's just I think it's just general fatigue because you know enough. I think I think it's I think this I think this trend is finally like everybody's like is it the death of superhero films? It's like I think people are just actually tired of it now. But they're not going to see people went and saw Guardians of the Galaxy because they know it's going to be good. The Flash, which you know, eh, is this going to be like Black Adam again? Probably. I'll wait till video. Right. You can't. They they don't have any trust. Like nobody has. They're like where you know where they're at. They're where Marvel's gonna be probably by next year because right. they it, have it, no trust. There's no trust in them anymore, and like people are starting to lose trust in Marvel too because like nobody's liking the last few things. That if much. I'm if I'm James Gunn and I have the ear of the Warner Brothers brass, I'm like, we do nothing until we release a Superman movie. That's what you I was. Know. No, yeah, like and, no Blue and, Beetle, you know, no, no, because you're basically setting Blue Beetle up for failure now. And like Blue Beetle looks fine. It looks very cute. And like, even like, hey, yay, representation. That looks like a nice, positive Mexican family representation movie. It's, it's just coming from, out. Uh, the Karate Kid show. Yeah, yeah, Let's yeah. See. From uh, Cobra Kai. The kid's yeah. great. Um, it's, I almost like feel bad because this is like, that's a movie that should have been made five years ago. Yeah. Or, or like, when you were more on state, you're on stable footing, but which they're not. Like, yeah. They need to like, you're not on stable footing and not like, you're basically asking audiences to take a chance. Are you again, after the last few chances we've given you, you and fucked up. <laughs> someone, someone was saying like general audiences are a little smarter to give it credit for. They are aware of like that the DC universe is ending. So like, there might be a thing like, does this even count? Why am I going to see that? And that mm-hmm. might be the case with, that was probably the case with Black Adam. That was definitely the case with the Flash. And it'll probably be the case with, um, Blue Beetle. So you know, if I'm them, I'm I'm just like. I think you know, audiences are starting to feel like what comic readers feel, where it's just like, where it's like that, it's spinning wheels. That spinning that, wheels period that, of a that, book. Yeah. That is so apt 
because what what eventually happens and like we were saying like you get out of stern after a couple of years it's happened to me over my life with mainstream superhero comics eventually you just realize wait it's all second act yeah it never it never goes anywhere it's just a perpetual second act and like eh, there's no ending so wh- why do i care and the, right. I actually i first had that thought about the movies after avengers age of ultron i was like oh wait this is just a which is an okay movie not great but it's okay but i was like wait it's just kind of like a perpetual second act where right. it, and like it, we're, we're starting to run into the same problems that the that the comics are except you know you have the added uh drawback of people aging right and the only thing that will <laughs> and you're doing these desperate th- wow it's so kind of you're doing these desperate things like where you're trying to reset you're having crisis events to reset the timeline to clean up your messes it's like holy shit it really is like the comics now like you're having yeah, crisis events like literally yeah and you're doing these things the only thing the only books that really do sell the crossover events so you're doing crazy things. So I think it's, it's like, I think we're in that phase. It's just like, yeah, it's a, it's literally a comic book cycle. Is there a pop culture reason for why multiverse mania is everywhere? Not even just in like, cause there's like the spider verse, there's multiverse of madness. There's the flash. There's all the talk of multiversal, like in science. Yeah. Why is that like the big, uh, is it it's like the 50s were ufos it's this is multiverse yeah this is yeah i i I don't was it the marvel things that started the whole multiverse thing or like what's the chicken and the egg there i don't know like are they like on that just getting on the hype train or is it i want to say like it's something very there's like if someone could figure this out it's going to be something very like reflective on the society we live in because like the ufos in the 50s makes total sense the unknown the cold war yeah. Um, and, oh, and multiverses is like, there's a better, oh, because you know what it is? It, that it's like, we're in the worst timeline. I bet you it's that episode it's of better Community. better somewhere else. Yeah. Maybe that's better it. Better somewhere else. Yeah. Um, you know, the Louis C.K. bit, uh, everything's amazing and no one's happy. Oh, and, and, Rick, and like, Morty, Rick and Morty was such a big thing too. Mm. But like, I think, I think Rick and Morty did the whole multiverse thing where it was like, uh, where all the nerds jumped on that. It's a fun or, com- It's a fun thought experiment, multiverses, because it's like you know, or, or maybe it has something to do with like you know, in a world with like shockingly fewer and fewer possibilities, you're opening your mind up to the idea of of worlds with endless possibilities. Yeah. But, but here's the problem: I I think dramatically with multiverses, the implication is that nothing you do matters. Exactly. That's why I always have a problem with it dramatically. I understand like it's a fun, it's fun, but until I hit that brick wall, it's like, oh, so if I do it or don't do it, it doesn't matter because the cosmos, somebody's going to do it somewhere else. And it's just like, it's, uh, is that anybody taking that angle? Oh, that's interesting. Like the real downbeat dour, like oh, here's like, the really, like, here's how small you are in the grand scheme of things. It's like, we know we're small, but that makes me feel even smaller. Like there are as many versions of you in the multiverse as there are like, of a blade of grass, just like endless millions and trillions of you specifically. Yeah. And millions and trillions of, of, of multiversal worlds, meaning like you on earth 4773 or wherever the fuck you are is like literally nothing. As insignificant you are if this were the only universe. Wow, I'm gonna kill myself now. Yeah, right. It's a horrible <sighs> place to it's a horrible place to go down. It's like Zafat, <laughs> I'm gonna get real nerdy. It's yeah. just like it's like when Zafad Rebelbrox gets into like the the. It's like this guy to the galaxy, everyone. Yes, yes. 
where he's able to see the totality of the universe where it's like you see all that and it's he he sees like you're able to see all of reality and the i the the hugeness of it just destroys any person's mind but zafar bibelbrox is so arrogant he just sees it as oh i'm the center of the universe i already knew that you show me everything and it just shows you are here in the center of it it's just like yeah right wow. it's on the center which i i think we need to be zafar bibelbrox to survive i'm gonna google see someone must have written a think piece on this right yeah. Why is multiverse so popular? Why the multiverse is the movie fantasy of our time? Because it's a useful way to create lucrative crossovers with valuable intellect. Oh, shut up. This could be good. Why are we so obsessed with the multiverse by the evangelical alliance? What do the latest trends in pop culture tell us about the deeper questions people are asking today? It strikes a chord with a feeling that bubbles away in our secular society today. A nihilism that still wants meaning. Okay. I mean, not bad so far, evangelical post. Yeah, it's pretty good. Here's where it goes off the rails. Thankfully, we don't need to commission scriptwriters, cinematographers, and directors, for we already have a good, true, and beautiful story found in the pages of scripture. We just sometimes struggle to tell it. Wow, that was a roller coaster. Nihilism. The modern nihilism is so bad. Like, it makes me like sad for children. It makes me like sad for me too. Like people, kids are growing up thinking like the world's going to end in 10 years. Yeah, it's, it's kind of sad. Like uh, I, it, I just had this uh, interview with the uh, underground filmmaking legend, Damon Packer, Damon Packard, and uh, big fan of his. Look him up, Google him, it's worth it. And we had the same discussion, like we were talking, he made a film that was about re- like 70s retro futurism. And there's such a positivity Ooh. to it. Like even when it's like you're fighting evil, there's a there's this inherent po- like positivity and creativity about it, and it's just like, and and his film is about a comment like how those things just can't work today because there is no positivity, there is no positive like you can't you can't manifest those like you're like you, you it's like it, that's what like you can't manifest those positive imagery of the future like even Star Trek I said like and I said this even Star Trek has been engulfed in today's like politics. And, and- I was just thinking about that as how it, how it relates to Star Trek. I think part of the problem is, is it's been 50 years since we put someone on the moon and there hasn't been a lot since then in terms of like space. Like, cause imagine we're our age in, in 1969. We just, we just put a man on the moon or I'm a kid back then. I'm thinking, Oh yeah. Like we'll be in Mars in 10 years and you know, we'll, we'll populate the solar system by but you know, nothing, nothing. We made a yeah. space shuttle. Um, so like, w- like, you know, do you remember Venture Brothers? Sure. A, a big, oh, they're finally finishing it. I, I can't wait. Thank to go God. Back. Um, I, I need to watch the last season again, but you know, that, they, they always said it was like, uh, you know, about like the failures of the space age among many other things. Yes, that absolutely is. Uh, yeah. It's beautiful. Yeah. Like all those dreams of like, yeah, the space age are just, it's, it's, they're a bunch of failures and neurotics. Yeah, yeah. It's a, that's a thick show. Like that's a way denser show than people give it credit for. Well, like, I don't think it started that way. I think it started out like kind of fun, but the, the further deeper they got into it, the more they explored. It's like by geez. seasons, really like towards the end of season one or season two, it, it became what it was. But I, I would always tell people like when I was hardcore into it ten years ago. Yeah. But but you know when you wait in between like three years between seasons, you lose. So touch, tough. But- it was, they made it, they did not make it easy to be a fan of that show. Right. They really didn't. I, I remember saying to somebody like this is 2011 or whatever. I'm like, if you're a man in your thirties, who is a total geek, 
this is the show for you. Cause it's like, cause like the humor and the references were like kind of hyper-focused to people our exact age with our like exact interests. Yeah, and Jackson Public, uh, he, I, 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 he recommended a book once that I read. Uh, he's like, you, it's, this is Venture Brothers without the jokes. It's called The Boy Detective Fails. And he's essentially the, I don't think it's a perfect book. There's a lot of messy stuff in it, but the core idea is, is beautifully done, is, is that he's a big, a boy detective, like a- let's Hardy know, boy. Like a hardy boy. Like he's one of those, of those storybook kids. And he's grown up, he's depressed, he's suicidal, all his failure, all his uh, achievements when he was a child. And it's all an exploration about like, you know, how, like when you're like your glory years are behind you, how do you cope with that? Like, and it's yeah. just, but he's a, he's a guy who's like just reaching adulthood and he's trying, and, and, and it's about his arrested development as a person, like his emotional development is completely arrested because of okay, like- so it- it's, it's, it's actually really true. interesting. It's a very interesting dissection of that that speculation of like what happens when you grow up and like you're like you know and you're just a dude now who's just solving mysteries. It's a very fun. It's a it's a beautiful book. It's a messy book. It's one of those things that I'd love to. That's one of those things I'd love to adapt because there's so many ways to fix it. It's like oh you're so close to being brilliant, but it's it's a great idea. But it's about that too. It's about that those 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 ideals of like the youth like that that more innocent time and like the reality of it. I think we're just understand reality too well now. I, mean, I don't know. It's just like, I think the internet was bad because we understood what the problem is in that. And that is that most people are awful. <laughs> like the more we see of each other, there's no mystique anymore. It's like, holy shit, we're all awful. <laughs> I, I gotta tell you, like I, I've been dealing with, with internet trolls for three years now, two years. Mm. I'm used to it. But when I tell you over the past month or so, I have gotten comments that were like, I'm just like, bravo, that's a fucking fatality. You literally just, you you 14-year-old Fortnite player literally just ruined my life. The other day, someone- <laughs> You kamiyamiyad me. Yeah, I won't even repeat the comment. But it was like <laughs> micro-targeted. It's like they had a team of writers who had it. But it was I was supposed to go meet meet some somebody. Oh, uh, I hate when they're insightful. Those little fuckers. Oh god! Oh god! <laughs> I was supposed to meet someone at like Pride Weekend or something for like a tryst or whatever. But instead, I just I didn't even like clap back at the at the comment. I just looked at it, like very calmly, blocked, erased it, and then blocked the person. Then put put it down. Then like sat on my couch like this for three hours. <laughs> With no TV on, like while the while like the lights oh, are down, it made you search inward. <laughs> oh God, it was. I mean, I mean, I'll email you what they said. Oh man, uh, I mean, I, no, I, that, I mean, I'm sorry, that's horrible, but that is fucking amazing when these little fuckers. Like, if I were a kid, I do these live streams where I yell at kids. If I were a kid, I would fucking, I would fuck with me 100. percent And then I said, there's this guy on uh, on TikTok. He's not there anymore. It was called. Uh, Modern Warrior, he was this Native American guy and his whole shit was like, hey, colonizer. But there was this, this clip of him on a live stream announcing that he's like ending his, his TikTok channel. He had like 4 million followers. Wow. And, and like people kept giving him like uh, these gifts, which put like a giant hat on his head, like a big, like goofy cowboy hat, like mm-hmm. an animated cowboy hat. He's just like, please stop, please stop uh, giving me the gifts. This is a very serious thing. And he keeps going through his spiel. 
Like, yeah, you know, I'm, I'm ending my joke. Please stop with that. It's going fucking crazy. And, and I watched that. I'm like, how could I get mad at these kids for trolling me? Because I'm watching this and this shit's fucking right. funny. You can't like. Listen, I, that's why if like if I ever get trolled, it's just like I can't. It's like if I was talking about like, like if I if I if I was driving and my car got egged, I'm not I, I cannot get mad because you know how many fucking cars I egged during Halloween? It's just like, I can't get mad. It's just like, I want to get mad so bad, but, but it's like, mm, yeah, pah, shit. Especially with like egging cars. Oh, it's like, oh, you scamps. But it's the same thing. That's what trolling is. It's just like you, there is a part of it like that's fun to watch that. There, Like, look, it is fun to watch like when somebody like as a spectator and uh, I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's really... I'd hate to be on the end of it, but one day I probably will be on the end of it. But I, I, I don't know. Like, I wonder, like, maybe I'm at like a level of quasi fake fame where I feel it more. And like, I would feel it less if I were like 10 times as famous because there'd just be like too much to see. Or am, am I wrong? I don't know. I mean, I, I, I luckily, I don't generally, uh, and, and this is not like a, any force of strength. I can't get mad at what people think or say anymore. I just don't have the strength for it. Like I've seen like about my movie and stuff that I'm just like, hmm. uh, like you know, if, I, I don't get like, I don't get shitty about it anymore. I'm just like, that's interesting. Like I really don't have that thing. What if, what if people started saying crappy shit about your mom or your wife? See, that's just like, yeah, I mean, that's the thing. That's it's I easy guess, to say, easy to say. Until... It's, oh, it's true. It's like myself, I could handle it. Right. But when it gets to other people and it's like, why should they be affected by something I do? It's like, that's not fair. That's just not a fair thing. To or let's say incisive things that like the worst part of your psyche, like, you know, like the, the bad voices in your head. Imagine trolls verbalizing the worst thoughts, the 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 worst voices in your head have ever expressed as it relates to people you love. I defy a troll <laughs> to find something they hate about me more than I hate about myself. I good for you. If you can find it, believe me, that's one. Attitude. I, that's that's it's like, you can't hate No, you can't hate a person as much as I hate me. <laughs> yeah, it's like, go that's ahead. True. Go ahead. I, I do like to like, let people know that sometimes like, just so you know, just so we're clear. I'm conceited about a few things. I have eyes. I know I'm a very good looking man, but I literally hate myself. Yeah. I hate myself. Like I'm, I'm the worst. You think I, I care I, if you hate me? Yeah. I <laughs> mean, the I same have an, reasons. <laughs> I have an unending appetite for strangers to love me, but I understand sure. if they hate me because I do. So, you know, wh what do you got, Cletus? Yeah. You know what's worse than getting hate comments? No comments. Getting no comments. Right. Exactly. So it's like, you know, a day might come where you'd be like wishing you got a hate comment. So oh, that's, a good, that's the thing to hold on to is that if people are engaging, that means you're engaging with people. And like sometimes people aren't engaged the way you'd like, but it's just like, you know, uh, there is an engagement happens like, oh, I'm in people's heads. On dating apps, people know who I am, hmm. which oh. sucks. But, well, imagine you go, you, you hit someone up and they're like, oh, why'd you guys broke up? I love you guys. Are you going to get back together? Imagine that. Hmm. That sucks. Sucks bad, but even worse, forget about that. That's just, you know, that's something to deal with. And, so, and listen, I've been single with 500, 500 Instagram followers, and I've been single with 30,000. I'll take single with 30,000 every day. <laughs> so that's kind of the other thing with this whole, like, oh, he's so, yeah. he's so heartbroken. I'm oh, like, suffering from success. <laughs> I, I'm, 
I've never gotten, it's almost like kind of romantic. I've never gotten as much ass of all sorts in my entire life in such a short period of time. And there's like the whole romantic, but he's also miserable. Yeah. So it's like, it like seems kind of cool because I'm fucked in the head. Um, <laughs> like it seems like, like, you know what I mean though? Like I'll look back on that. Like I'll look uh, back like, oh, that was cool. <laughs> I've um, been filming a lot of adult content with other people. Mm. Cause I'm single. It's like make some money, but like, I'm thinking probably it would have been healthy. Are those collabs? Is that, those are, would, you refer, would you refer to those as collabs? That's a collab. Look at the collab. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Huh. In fact, I'm, I might, I'm thinking of, uh, I'm, I need to go to LA for like a month. Oh my God. You get so many opportunities. Yeah. Just to, I feel like just meeting with a studio and doing a scene with a studio might be a, good for me. Cause like I would make more money doing my own stuff, but like it, right, the, the, yeah. the name record or the, the name getting put out there. My funnel traffic, but dude, you could go to the fucking what's it called? Uh, CES. Yeah. Yeah. Dude. Oh, I know. I don't know. I think I'm pretty much shut out from dating cis women. Is that true, though? I, I, I think I'm shut out from dating the kind of cis women I'd like to date because I like nice Italian girls. Oh yeah, they, they they don't like much thing. They don't like variety Italian women. Well, they like they a very specific thing. They don't want a man who makes his living doing gay porn. No, they don't like that. They don't go in for that. Yeah, like it used to be like it really used to be my bread and butter uh, was like picking up hairstylists because it's like a little mini date. That's Is hot other. Italian girls working at salons only a Jersey thing? Oh, it might be. I guess that's another thing, like or like Long Island. It's a very, very uh, yeah. That's a, it's region specific. Yeah, yeah. It's it's. It's tri-state suburbs. I'd be fucking working for sanitation right now. If like I'd be married, working for sanitation in a house of Manalapin. Not a not a terrible life. Yeah. Here's what we're finishing with. This is this is this is some gold. Okay. Frank, do you wipe yourself sitting or standing when you wipe yourself when you shit? This has been in the air lately because I've been getting this question a lot. Answer the question. (laughs) Uh, uh, I sit. And uh, I sit, I'll tell you exactly what I do. I sit, lean on the right cheek uh, from the side. I do the side. Yeah. Side, yeah, yeah, like from the back to the... Uh, but uh, yes, I know a lot of people stand. Uh, people who've told me they stand lately. It's a weird thing because people, like you're taught to do it the way you do it and then you never think about it again. You assume everyone does it that way. Yeah. And then the, the day you learn that like, I think it's like 60, 40 in favor of standing, something like that. Yeah, but, I have but no idea. All the standards are like, what do you mean you could sit? And all the sitters are like, what do you mean you could stand? Yeah. And I've, I've been thinking about making, I feel like if I made a TikTok about this, it could potentially go viral just because people don't know about this. And yeah, like we're gonna, I, right, nobody talks about their wiping things. I mean, like, right. I, it's- I just I'm don't want to be- I, I was like, if that went viral, what if, do I become the, the, the wiping yourself guy? Do I want to be the white guy? <laughs> Does my audience want to know how I like? The cis women will love it. They might. The, actually, that's, <laughs> I have a weird fan base. My 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 adult fan base is like most is like ninety percent men. My like TikTok comedy fan base is like seventy five percent women. Huh. And like I don't like I I kind of and like I I love the women. Uh, I especially love the esteem of women, like them, like liking my jokes and stuff. Love that. 
Um, but I, I just, I, I, I wish I could get more of a straight male audience only because I feel like my comedy gears more towards that. Absolutely. Like, like a, a set, like, I think there's a lot of people that be like, Oh, he's like gay or whatever. I don't, that's not my thing. Whereas I'm like, I'm making content that like is most really aimed at like a 17 year old straight kid, straight guy. You know what I mean? Like right. I make dick and, dick and fart jokes. Like we're up listening to Stone. I assume my audience is other autistic people. Cause I think that's the only people who would like my, my tangents. But nerdy nerdies nerds. Oh yeah. Nerds like my shit. But like by nerds, I mean like people who are like into film. Yeah. You got anything? Uh, nothing right now. We're a little bit of hiatus with the main show. I've got a bunch of interviews coming up. Uh, next week is uh, J.R. Bookwalter, who's a horror filmmaker who I love growing up. I got Damon Packard coming up. I got the guy who did Ennis Men. If anybody saw that movie from last year, got a bunch of interviews coming up. And that's it. That's it. Um, and some drag well, classes. Any um any any news to drop on? Filmmaker end or uh, wheels of emotion, Jerry. Well, that's what uh, that's that's what's been consuming. That's why we're on a little bit of a hiatus because we're mm -hmm. we're trying to put together something you know pretty big right now, and it's just like we're actually at seven o'clock. We're doing a stage reading. Oh, like we're having well, a bunch of cast stuff for like to read. So it's like uh, like once I go, I'm gonna be prepping for that for a little bit. Because well, if you need a six foot tall muscle man with a mustache, let me know. <laughs> yeah. Most, this one's uh this we're doing different stories. This one's like uh all girls. I can stick my dick great. between my legs. Oh <laughs> are they are they all hot? Oh, underrated song. I think Adam Sandler's favorite best work is at a medium pace. Just, a phenomenal. just by just by how funny that song is the first time you listen to it. I'll never I I remember listening to that album for the first time on a bus, a school Me bus. Me too, actually. Yeah. Uh we were going to a ski trip. Like there was like a like a the high school ski trip, we went up to I forget where Bear Mountain maybe, uh, and uh, some kid. Matt, I, this is how vividly I remember this kid who I've been spoke to. He is named Matt Bell. Put it on his his uh his boombox or whatever the mm -hmm. fuck he, and we were just in the back of the bus, sobbing because we it was yeah. incomprehensibly funny. That's if you're 14 or 15, yeah, hearing at a medium pace, that is the funniest thing you've ever heard in your life. Or like Conan Conan O'Brien and the buffoon. I looked at my asshole in the mirror today. I got a snake, man. <laughs> yeah, or, we, uh, oh, we were so not. Oh, you just brought back me and my friends were so not. You can, you know how we didn't get laid? We'd be walking around going, I'm a snake, man, like all day. Oh, women would never want to fuck us. Best, best Adam Sandler movie, go. <sighs> uh, my favorite, I think the one that really. Not his best, but it's my favorite of his. I'll get it. Is is uh? It's Billy Madison. Billy Madison. It's Billy Madison. Yeah. It's just so funny. I think afterwards he, <laughs> and he like, started like, making fun. He started making the movies that that movie makes fun of. And like Punch Drunk Love is a better movie, but that's not and yeah. Uncut Gems. But those aren't Adam Sandler. I'm talking Happy Madison Productions. Yes. Yeah. There are a lot um, of underrated ones. I have ones that I like that I know a lot of people don't like. Like I'm a big fan of Little Nicky. I don't give well, a shit. It's pleasant. I like uh, Mr. Deeds. Quite a bit, actually. Funny. But and, Winona uh, Ryder, a lot, of, a lot of chemistry with Winona. Yeah. Um, how do you feel about Grandma's Boy? Oh, let's, I love Grandma's Boy. Has, I don't know if I've seen I loved the shit out of it, but I don't know if I've seen it in 15 years. Go ahead and watch it again. It holds off. We, we, it does. That is a quotable fucking movie, man. That is really fun. That, that's the best uh, 
side, like it's a it, the non-Adam Sandler starring Happy Madison film, in my opinion. This has been the Get Snatty podcast for myself, Nathaniel, and my good buddy, Frank. Thank you all very much. Um, Frank's links, you should check out all his podcasts and whatnot, are down below. And you should subscribe to my YouTube channel and my TikTok and all the other stuff and buy my porn. <laughs> buy his porn, damn it. Frankie, thank you. Thank you, sir. I'll, uh, I'll talk to you soon. Talk to you soon. Love you. Love you. <clears throat>